It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, your host, and uh, a great show indeed. We're going to be talking uh, a little later in the show. We've got some breaking news about uh, some research being done with regard to uh, accelerating um, MRIs. And, and uh, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Hecht from uh, NYU Langone Health and Nafisa Yakubova from Facebook AI. That's going to be interesting stuff. And like I say, it's, it's brand new uh, information. Plus... We're going to talk with a uh, screenwriter turned author who has uh, uh, tackled in a new book um, called Hannah's War, a compelling reimagining of the race to build the atomic bomb. Should be uh, fascinating. But first, we're going to talk about, I'm sure you've uh, heard all the stories that I have and seen all the television reports that I have about the impact of COVID-19 on nursing homes, but what we don't hear very much about are uh, people who are um, getting home health care and how COVID has impacted that process, both from a provider and a uh, consumer side. And here to talk about that is the uh, president of Michigan's American Advantage Home Care, Clement Moorer. Clem, welcome back to the show. Hey, Tom, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning to you and uh, our wonderful uh, group of listeners out there. Um, I think, the, the, now I, I just, just wanted to say, um, I read a phrase that, that got my attention uh, about, about you and about uh, American Advantage Home Care. It's uh, describing you as president of an independent, non-franchise, black-owned agency 
caring for patients in southeast Michigan with offices in Dearborn and Flint. And I think the last time you were on the show, you were just opening the uh, the office in Flint. That is correct, um, yes. And that uh, that caption is a, uh, it's a mouthful, but it does, uh, it does <laughs> certainly, uh, it it, certainly describes us. <laughs> it, it checks all the boxes. Um, but for people maybe who didn't hear our conversation before when we talked about the uh, organization that um, that I think you and your wife purchased, if I remember correctly, and, uh, yeah. and run together, um, what exactly is it that this, uh, this company does? Well, Tom, we take uh, referrals from um, surgeons and uh, physicians, uh, for the most part primary care physicians, as well as uh, hospital discharge patients. And uh, based upon a referral, we go into a home and we provide skilled nursing, physical therapy, uh, occupational therapy, speech therapy, home health aid assistance, and also medical social work, all under uh, doctor's uh, orders and supervision. And how... And, and forgive me for being kind of blunt, uh, Clem, but um, how do you protect your workers going into people's homes during a time of pandemic? Oh, wow, Tom. Yeah, night and day. You know, we are uh, concerned about the well-being of our clinicians. Uh, they have PPE. They follow uh, various protocols to ensure that they don't show any signs or symptoms or any of their family members showing signs or symptoms. And, and and how do you reassure people who are getting their health care at home, who are reading about the pandemic, um, that your workers aren't bringing that into their homes? Yes, Tom. So uh, all of our uh, workers, um, you know, sign a consent that they uh, don't have any signs or symptoms of the virus. And upon scheduling an uh, appointment of care with a patient, uh, we go through that protocol with... with Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Hello? Yep, and to ensure that our um, patients, uh, they have to know, you know, who their clinician is and uh, what particular uh, practices that clinician has followed prior to that uh, clinician arriving at their home. So the uh, clinician, you know, takes the patient's temperature upon arrival, uh, as well as they show the patient their own um, temperature. Um, our clinicians wear their PPE during the entire visit uh, within the home of a, uh, of a patient. When you have workers going into people's uh, homes, have you come across uh, patients or, or people who've been charged to your care um, that that have symptoms or that have contracted COVID? And how, how do you how do you treat that if you run into it? Well, yes, Tom, we have uh, we've had patients who have been in home isolated uh, from their own family, uh, as well as other uh, members of their household. So that individual who has uh, contracted uh, COVID-19 is usually placed in a bedroom or on a, on a level to themselves uh, within a home. And 
our clinicians uh, go straight to that particular room uh, with their with their PPE and facilitate care or facilitate service there. And then upon leaving that home, our uh, clinicians discard. So they uh, completely discard those uh, gloves, masks, and gowns um, after the uh, after they leave a patient's home. So it's uh, it, it's quite. You know, it's quite the experience for families as well as uh, for our clinicians. But we uh, we're committed to decreasing the spread. Are there um, are, are there recommended uh, treatments for people who have COVID nineteen that are at home who maybe aren't being hospitalized? Yes, there are, Tom. So. Uh, initially in, in March, if you, uh, go back to the, uh, first cases, first known cases of, uh, COVID-19 in the state of Michigan, um, a lot of patients and families were leery about allowing anyone into their home. In fact, the, um, the mode of operandum was to, um, obviously go to the hospital, go, uh, to an ER, et cetera. But, as the uh, pandemic grew and more familiarity with it, you know, uh, through research and science, uh, as well as some medications prescribed by doctors, uh, some patients have been able to cope and fare better after a short stay in the hospital and then being placed uh, in a homebound status. So there are some, um, some medications that physicians are using and prescribing uh, in the hospital. Uh, for for patients, some uh, uh, some patients, depending on the severity of their case, uh, have been put on light exercise regimens uh, to try to uh, walk and and build and strengthen their immunity within the home environment. So uh, it's a mixed bag, depending on the severity of the case and how one individual responds to the pandemic versus uh, another. Have uh, have doctors and, and clinics and, and other medical practitioners been encouraging home medical care more during this pandemic to, to ease the stress on hospitals? Yes, we've seen an uptick, uh, Tom. That is an excellent question. We've seen an uptick in the number of referrals that we've received from uh, physicians within our network that prefer... Uh, their patient, uh, unless it is a dire emergency, prefers their patient to come into the office or uh, have a televisit. And after that televisit or office visit is over, a home health care referral is written to try to keep that uh, patient out of contact of an ER setting or an urgent care setting unless it uh, is of dire uh, emergency. And and what kinds of things do your um, uh, does your staff run into when they're going into people's homes to provide care? What what kinds of of care are are common? Okay. Well, we're seeing Tom that to, to the question that you alluded to earlier about a heightened level of anxiety. We are seeing that some uh, patients or some clients are in more so of a depressed state, um, partly due to the uh, pandemic and the, and the shutdown. But also, Tom, I think it's important to say that if you're suffering or struggling from a chronic illness, 
the chronic illness doesn't take a backseat uh, to the pandemic. So we are finding that um, some of our uh, patients who uh, suffer from congestive heart failure, for example, or have uh, chronic illnesses related to or associated with various forms of cancer, we're still uh, able to provide that skilled nursing, uh, pain, pain relief or pain management program uh, that we have for them, as well as therapy. You know, when you start looking at um, the physical decline that various illnesses bring upon a patient or bring upon a client, we know that if we can keep a patient fighting, if we can keep them on a uh, exercise regimen that they can manage or that their family can support them with in the household, that can bring up their morale. So that's something we try to do as well, Tom. We, uh, our advantage, we look at our advantage as a way to bring a little, a little hope and a little uh, excitement uh, and inspiration into home. Clem, I would think their anxiety would be very high after watching news reports that identify many of the people that you call on um, as, as being at risk from uh, or at a, at a much greater risk of succumbing to COVID-19. True, Tom. I mean, they have to be watching these TV reports, and they're saying elderly people and people in nursing homes and so on are at a greater risk of dying from the pandemic. Um, yeah. and, and they've got to be sitting there thinking, that's me. Yes, to an extent, yes. But I will also add that uh, all of the deaths, you know, Tom, uh, during this pandemic are, are sad and unfortunate, and there's no but to that statement, and it's no and to that statement. Um, on a different note or a different page, I think there are some people that are starting to see a silver lining in the number of reported cases versus the number of deaths as associated. You're, yeah, you're talking about people that recover, the number of yes. recoveries. That's right. And, and mind you, Tom, recovery is a, a long and painful road for some you know, um, patients, you know, we, we've had patients describe the pandemic, uh, or the virus as a combination of having pneumonia and the flu at the same time, uh, and how it, uh, appears to attack the lungs, you know, uh, so that, that description of, Hey, you know, prior to the, uh, contracting the virus, I was running and I was walking every day. And now, you know, I struggle. I struggle to make it up a single flight of stairs in my home. You know, that is, uh, is, is certainly a reality. But mind you, that is compared to a patient that says, hey, I was also uh, on a ventilator while I was in a hospital, so I'm, I'm counting my blessings. Or I was, I, was admitted, I was admitted at the same time other people were admitted, and I was one of the wants to make it out. Clem, I have to take a break here. Can you stick around so we can talk some more? 
Of course. Absolutely, Tom. Okay, Clem, stand by for about four minutes. We're going to take a uh, short break. We'll be back with Clem and Moore, president of Michigan's American Advantage Home Care. If you're listening to us on 92.1, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise, and we'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad America. Council. Your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having play dates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual play dates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. 
a Musk or any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back everybody. My guest this hour is uh, from the um, um, is, uh, Michigan's American Advantage Home Care. Its president, Clement Moore, joins me by phone. Clem, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, Tom, glad to be here with you this morning. Um, during the last segment, we were uh, sort of getting acquainted with the idea of health care during a pandemic. But what are some of the uh, advantages to home health care over uh just going to an emergency room or going to a doctor's office? Well, Tom, I would have to say the first and foremost advantage is uh, decreased exposure um, to, to the potential of contracting the virus. Uh, for some of our um, elderly patients in view of uh, memory care as related to um, Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, home creates a uh, safe place and space of greater familiarity. Um, and also, uh, Tom, for some of our uh, patients who are just really uh, unable um, to, to move around, whether it's based upon uh, limited, limited mobility or limited transportation, healthcare in the home is certainly the future of, uh, of healthcare. Is it, we were talking in the last segment about how it's, it's beneficial to have more people getting care at home because it it reduces the strain on hospitals but from the patient side it's less expensive yes it is yes it is Tom so when you look at um, Medicare uh, and Medicare Advantage uh, programs as well as uh, HMOs and, and PPO plans all of them uh, have a home health care benefit um, for in-network providers, so American Advantage is in-network with a number of uh, private insurance um, companies, and we're also um, certified by um, Medicare and Medicaid services. What determines um, whether or not uh, an, a company like yours is, uh, is in-network, your willingness to accept what they pay? Yep, that's part of it, Tom. Uh, also, credentialing. Uh, credentialing has to do with the number of skilled uh, professionals that you have on board. So do you have enough clinicians uh, to service the uh, areas or the regions that you, that you hope to provide service in? So uh, skill and availability is definitely important. Policies and procedures that your agency follows. So the credentialing uh, process um, is is rather involved and engaged. You know, it's a uh, it's a point system as to how a company fares uh, 
on a number of different standards that are provided and required by the uh, insurance provider. And the people that you um, employ and and uh, the healthcare professionals that go out to people's homes to provide care. Um, yes. You have offices in Flint and Dearborn. Um, yes. How much geography are you able to cover from those two offices, and and how far um, are you willing to send uh, these um, healthcare providers or professionals out to? Well, yeah, Tom. Well, we have covered uh, geography of uh, as far south as Monroe. Uh, to as far north as Saginaw. And then I guess from an east-west uh, perspective, um, in the past we've had a patient uh, as uh, far east as Port Huron, and uh, we've ventured far west as, uh, as Lansing to, to serve uh, patients. So um, if you look at that diode, I guess it would be 60 miles uh, east, west, north, and south from each of the uh, office locations, and and that's um, I- interesting because of the amount of time. How much time uh, do um, workers mm-hmm. spend with patients? See, that's another gr- good question. It depends on the type of visit. So, a start of care visit is anywhere between um, an hour and a half to two hours in a home. Uh, with the start of care because so much uh, paperwork is involved uh, in preparation um, for the patient to understand what their plan of care is going to look like over the course of uh, two months or, you know, less. So more time is spent on a start of care. But a routine visit is anywhere between 45 minutes uh, to an hour to an hour and a half. So a physical therapy session, depending on the patient's tolerance and what's in that plan could uh, be a 45-minute um, activity or set of activities all the way up to uh, an hour to an hour and a half. And um, do these care professionals visit multiple homes in a day? Do you set up routes? How, do, how, does, that, how does that actually work? Yes. So we do zone clinicians uh, based upon their geography. Um and they're able to set their schedule uh, with their uh, patient and their patient's family or their patient's in-home uh, caregiver. So they're able to set their um, calendar at the beginning of the week, Tom. So if, our, if they're to see a patient uh, three times a week for three weeks, which will be considered a three-week three schedule, those nine visits, right? The... Um, Caregiver, the patient, as well as our clinician coordinates the schedule. And then, um, you know, we're tasked in the office uh, with intake and scheduling to, to map that and then to ensure, from a quality assurance standpoint, to ensure that the clinician submits timely notes following those visits. So um, our director of nursing is able to, to track progress in working with that particular uh, patient or client family. And the so, uh, the office staff in those offices um, have have you had to um, adjust a little and and have some people working from home? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Uh, Tom, early on, 
you know, so Flint is more so of a drop site for us. It's an uh, administrative hub where we do keep some medical supplies in the, in the closet there in the event that we, uh, have a, a Bay, say a Bay County or Bay area, uh, patient sure. or Midland, et cetera. Um, but yes, working from home for some of the, uh, schedulers in QA has been a norm, uh, since the, uh, the start of the pandemic. And, and do you see that, um, changing? It's, it's kind of funny because you're, your business has people working from other people's homes. <laughs> not, I know, right? <laughs> not, not just not just their own homes, but do you see that becoming um, more the norm? Uh, you know, we keep hearing about a new normal when the pandemic passes. Um, do you think you'll continue to have workers work from home? How, how does how do you see that going forward? You know, it's interesting, Tom. I think that um, in view of the state of Michigan, state uh, within our state, it is required that home health care agencies have a physical location versus, uh, say, the state of Texas, where a person can run a skilled home care agency from their basement. So place is still important to us. You know, it's, uh, it's good for clinicians to come into the office and see that um, staff is out working in the trenches as well. So if that means that, hey, staff are uh, in the office to take their temps and to uh, provide them with supplies out of the cabinet or to uh, accept and process their paperwork, it's a lot as opposed to, it's a lot of good in terms of supporting the clinician as opposed to clinicians feeling as though, hey, I'm a lone ranger out here and uh, I'm taking care of uh, patients and I don't see the office staff, or I don't see the CEO. I don't see people also uh, on the front lines along with me. So I, I think presence, Tom, is really important. Not just because it's required in the state of Michigan, it creates a good, uh, good work culture and a good philosophy to uh, be present, to have impact, and to perform. Whether you're remote or um, boots on the ground in the office. And again, you mentioned in the uh, in the last segment um, that the the patients that you get are through referrals. And yes. who do those uh, referrals come from? And yes. how have you been able to expand the the number of clinicians that that refer patients to you? Good stuff. Good stuff. So what we've uh, what we've done. Uh, so the uh, uh, question one, you know, uh, who are these um, physicians and referral sources? You know, um, we do have a network uh, based upon um, direct direct solicitation of physicians, you know, throughout the geographic area to give our agency a try. So we have been able to appeal to doctors about our patient satisfaction scores and our, our CMS uh, ratings and, and our quality and our credentials to, to give us a try with their homebound patients. So some of it has been direct. Uh, our Dearborn office, we've recently relocated inside of a medical office that has doctors, uh, two um, private um, physicians as well as a pharmacy. So, um, I think it was, it's encouraging for patients to be able to walk down a corridor and not only uh, see their doctor's office, but, you know, when they're referred to home care, 
seeing a physical office that they can actually go in and ask questions and, uh, and get materials uh, prior to going back, back home. So I think that is uh, a, a good trend for us. As well as um, some of the various resources that hospitals use for outbound placement. So there's a lot of software programs uh, and applications that um, McLaren and Hurley and Genesis Ascension here in uh, Flint, they use to find and vet home health care agencies for outbound placement of patients upon discharge. So it's been a combination. It's been a combination. And then patient families, Tom, you'll be surprised. A lot of patient families get on the web and they do research themselves. They say, hey, I want, I want mom out of the nursing home, you know, I, and uh, I need an agency that's going to help us to take care of her at home. Now, during this pandemic, for the first time ever for me, um, mm-hmm. I, I've actually had a couple of doctor's appointments that were uh, uh, done on Skype or, or some other face-to-face online communication. Is that kind of technology making its way into home health care? And is it possible to, to monitor patients without having to go physically to, to the home? Yes, so it is starting to help us. For the most part, um, Medicare has not found a model yet or hasn't built a financial model to reimburse home health care agencies as of yet for telemedicine uh, or televisits. Uh, So that's something, Tom, that we eat the cost of in terms of finding ways to virtually monitor uh, our patients. Uh, we eat that cost because we see it as a value add. You know, we see it as a value add for a medical social worker to do a FaceTime call with a patient to say, okay, you know, here is your uh, your local pantry. You know, here's what's going on uh, in your community. Here are some services and resources that you could uh, reach out to directly and quickly as opposed to trying to wade through the litany of information on your own. So we, we certainly see it as a value add. I think, Tom, one of the challenges that um, physical therapy may have with virtual visits is uh, providers would not like to believe, and this is the insurance providers, I don't think they would like to believe that they're paying for uh, patients to watch a Jane Fonda video, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Although if they're doing the exercises, it may be good for them. It may be good for them. It may be good for them. Absolutely, Tom. But uh, the billing methodology behind what type of – care is actually being delivered is uh, still under under you know scrutiny for now but uh if we look at the trend of um, you know simulation and we look at um, nintendo's wii and the like i could see in the in the future us being able to actually get a viable a viable model for delivering those services uh, that doesn't face such great great scrutiny by the providers but rightfully so for the providers, so you know. The pandemic has caused us to um, really pay much closer attention to uh, health care, the quality of health care in, in nursing homes and hospitals. And, and it, it has, uh, as a result of that scrutiny, exposed some weaknesses. Is that true of the uh, elder care home system as well? 
I would say so. I, I sure would. I, I would say so. Um, some of the, even let's say, for example, you know, when we were growing up, there was a pharmacy on just about every other corner, uh, as well as a, um, a local, you know, a local butcher, a local deli. So I would have to say that that ecosystem of, you know, products and, and services that are uh, close in proximity as well uh, in terms of heightened familiarity with the patient and the community, those are some of the vulnerabilities that we are, we are starting to see. Where, you know, you've seen where Walmart, Sam's Club, and a lot of the big block venues have said, okay, we need a special time for our seniors to be able to come in and shop. Right. Uh, as well as you know, as well as pick up their um, their medications, et cetera. Or we need to deliver. We need uh, you know uh, a Uber type of delivery system for food and medications to to seniors. So we've seen vulnerabilities, but we've also seen uh, opportunities. I'm glad you mentioned food. I hadn't really thought of it till just now, Clem, but um, there have to be cases where your employees are going into people's homes and know that they're not getting the kind of food and um, supplies that they, they should be. What can, yes. what can your employees do in situations like that? Just simply alert other agencies? What... You got it. Yeah. So that outbound referral system, you know, is it, very important to us, Tom, where we've identified a network of, um, of stakeholders, external stakeholders, uh, that can, you know, protect obviously the privacy, uh, and the pride of our uh, patient families, but also, uh, give them much needed resources. So that is, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that. Uh, and then also, hey, in, in terms of alerting, you know, physicians that, uh, yes, you know, these are the labs that we ran, you know, for this particular patient under your orders. But this is also an observation that we've uh, that we've seen with that particular patient. So that is that's something that's kind of uh, under the radar that needs greater attention going forward, Tom. It really, it really does. Yeah, I would think, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, pride, too, because uh, I remember my mother at the end of her life, um, she wanted to stay independent as long as she possibly could. And, um, and, and sometimes I think maybe we allowed her to do that a little too long, but um, that's a big thing with the patients you see, isn't it? Clem, did I lose you? Yeah, yeah, Tom, I'm here. I'm sorry, Tom. Oh, okay. Is that sorry, Tom. is that yeah. pride factor a big thing that that staying um, pe people that want health care in the home uh, is it is it more about mobility or more about um, independence and and wanting to stay in their homes? A combination, yes, wanting to stay in the home. Um, and then not necessarily being aware of that ecosystem of what, what network would support their desire to stay in their home. You know, so that is, those two play hand in hand. Are people really a little do. reluctant at first to accept 
care provided by people who come to their homes uh, just just because it seems like uh, an invasion of privacy or or space or something? I would have to say, Tom, yes, in some cases, but then there's that alternative. There's that alternative of if I don't get the help that I need, uh, will I end up in a uh, in a facility? Or well, I was I thinking more that, of initially, you know, a yeah, stranger yeah. coming into my home. I'm sure that works itself out over time. It does. It does, Tom. That once you create that familiarity, you become an extension. You become an extension of that family, which is is so very important. You know, you become a trusted partner in the wellness and the well-being of that family member. But initially, yes, uh, having that dialogue and that discussion about how we're going to work together, we're not coming in your house to take over, we're not coming to invade, but we're definitely uh, coming in to be uh, reinforcement to who you are and, and what your family is all about is uh, so important. Is And I'm not sure how to ask this, and it, it, it's a little bit morbid, but is home hospice one of the services that your company provides? Well, we are in the process of applying for a hospice license. We are, Tom. We've, um, we've seen that uh, that is um, the next step in, um, in the transition of, um, of families from uh, independent living to assisted living uh, to nursing homes and then uh, brief stints with palliative care and the like. So we're saying that that is something we definitely need to, to add to our, our array of services. Well, Clem, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, of course, the last time it was uh, in person in the studio and uh, this time by phone. But I appreciate you spending this time with me this morning and talking about this. And as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. What are some resources that uh, family members and, and even healthcare care uh, professionals can uh, access to, to learn more about, uh, about home health care and about Michigan's uh, American Advantage Home Care? Oh, well, thank you, Tom. Well, we, uh, our direct website, um, www.americanadvantagehhc.com, um, is a um, resource that uh, patients and families and clinicians can access to find out more about our agency. We do keep an active blog of uh, healthcare news, uh, as well as COVID-related articles, uh, topics, and discussions fresh on our site. And uh, they can reach us directly by phone at uh, 313-914-2296 or our toll-free number, uh, 844-469-2242. That's 844-469-2242. 844 my AAHC. Well, Clem, what's what's next for uh, American Advantage? Uh, are you going to open some more offices, maybe in the west side of the state or up you north? Know, that would be great. It's on the horizon. <laughs> Certainly it is, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. So we're going to continue to explore our options. But um, most importantly, we want to continue to do a, uh, a good job for the families uh, in Genesee County, uh, and Wayne and uh, where, where our current offices are located. So uh, 
taking care of uh, the patient that is in front of you, the client that's in front of you is uh, is our number one and top priority at all times. Well, and I think it's worthy of mention that uh, home medical care professionals are not always recognized as part of the essential workforce, but they certainly are. And uh, best of luck to you and to all of your people. Thank you, sir. We're going to keep on going, doing our best. All right. Take care. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. That was Clem, uh, Moore, Clement Moore from uh, Michigan's American Advantage Home Care. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we've got lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead and some interesting things coming up, plus breaking news about new MRI technology on the horizon. All of that is uh, straight ahead, so by all means, stay tuned. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic as well as artists, musicians, candidates and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. 
State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, 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 take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I was talking about doctors, and there was a, an item in the paper about they had put up $200,000 to study witchcraft because they had found that some of the things that witch doctors had been teaching for ages had some definite therapeutic value, either uh, psychosomatic or, or definite uh, medicinal cures, and to see if the modern doctor could learn anything from witchcraft. And the reverse might be also true. Uh, I wonder how far the witch doctor has progressed, how many of the modern medical theories or practices he has adapted to his needs. And uh, this is a witch doctor, and I'm sure like any other doctor, he gets a phone call in the middle of the night. And... Oh, hello. Oh, hi. Hi, Mrs. Coomba. No, no, that's, that's all right. I've, I would have been getting up another five, six hours anyway. <laughs> the, the crops are withering. And, and your son is seeing demons, huh? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of that going around. I, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. So, sounds like a 24-hour curse to me. I would... Well, I'll tell you, if you're really concerned, um, do you have any bark of a tree that was uh, struck by lightning in the light of a full moon in the medicine chest? Yeah, you might sprinkle some of that on him every four hours. Huh? If he isn't any better in the morning, why... Gee, I, I couldn't possibly come out to the house. No, I, I, I don't make hut calls anymore, uh, Mrs. Crumber. No, I, I haven't danced around the house in, in years, you know. If you don't, you don't stay with it, uh, you know, you lose it. Mrs. Crumber, I don't, I don't care how many chickens you're going to give me. I, you know, it just isn't worth my time. The, go the government takes uh, most of them anyway, you know. So. Well, I can recommend a good demon man. I, I, don't, uh, you know, I don't happen to specialize in, in demon work. He's uh, pretty good. There's, uh, there's one intern, a uh, guy just got out of school. He, he still makes house calls, but, uh, you know, that, that should tell you something about the guy, you know. It, well, he's a little slow, you know. He has to paint the steps around the house be before he does the dance, you know. And, yeah, and then sometimes he'll, you know, instead of curing the curse, it'll, it'll rain, you know. Well, they're very similar dances, you know. If you, if you don't know what you're doing, you, you can wind up with a thunderstorm for about five or six days, you know. Well, you're free to call him. I tell you what you could do. Uh, you might wrap him in some mud and, and put some, uh, some leaves around him and, and put him out in a field where some hyenas uh, congregate. 
Well, it, it won't help the curse, no, but sometimes their laugh can become infectious, you know, and it <laughs> might cheer them up a little bit, you know. Well, I'll tell you, if he doesn't feel better in the morning, uh, why, why don't you bring him in, yet? Oh, that's right, tomorrow is Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, well, I'll tell you what the hell, we don't tee off till 1.30. Why don't you bring him in in the morning? All right, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> The doctors, oh, those doctors. I went, to, I went to one while he was examining me. He grabbed me by the wallet and he said, cough. <laughs> Wonderful doctor. Gave a man six months to live, couldn't pay his bill, gave him another six months. Doctor called a lady, Mrs. Cohn, your check came back. She says, yes, sort of my arthritis. <laughs> little, man, little man walks in the doctor says, doctor, I've been ringing my ear. What'll I do? She says, don't answer. <laughs> Another man walks in the doctor. He says, you're going to live to be 60. She says, I am 60. It's what I tell you. Man goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, I'm having trouble at home with my love life. What'll I do? He said, Take off 20 pounds. Run 10 miles a day. Man calls him two weeks later. Doc, took off the 20 pounds. I've been running 10 miles a day. Well, how's your love life? I don't know. I'm 140 miles away. <laughs> I went to the doctor. I said, Doc, it hurts when I do that. He says, Don't do that. He says, get undressed, I'll examine you. I'm standing there naked. He says, go over the window, stick your tongue out the window. I said, for what? He said, I'm mad at my neighbor. <laughs> the doctor puts a stethoscope to my heart. I said, doc, how do I stand? He said, that's what puzzles me. <laughs> I said, doc, my foot hurts. What will I do for it? He said, limp. He says to me, you're pregnant. I says, how does a man get pregnant? The usual way, a little wine, a little dinner. <laughs> man goes to a psychiatrist. He says, nobody talks to me. He says, next. <laughs> what a crowd tonight. Another fellow goes to a psychiatrist. He says, you're crazy. He says, I want a second opinion. You're ugly, too. <laughs> There's a whole new world today. Ethnic jokes. They're around today. They have a new Polish jigsaw puzzle. One piece. Two Santa Clauses, which one is Polish? The one with the Easter basket. <laughs> you ever see a Polish guy whistle for a cab? Taxi! <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's 